We got the recorder rolling here. Here we go. All right. Uh, we're in the book of Daniel again. We're going to pick up where we left off. We made it all the way to chapter five already. And remember, your Bible's laid out Genesis to Revelation. It's a timeline. It's a perfect timeline. You can't even, I think, uh, oh, Janet was telling me she was reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And each one of those books or those gospels, they're a timeline. They start the front and they finish at the crucifixion and resurrection. It's, it's, they're, they're timelines. Uh, it's not like, but I don't know how we got, well, what's funny is, and as you can look at your own life, did I read my Bible this week? Did I read it? Did I even read it this year? It's, it's, we own one and we'll tell everybody, but are we reading it? The more you read it, the more you see how beautiful it's laid out. Uh, there's nothing in the New Testament that should surprise anybody. It's laid out Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, all the way to Revelation, it's a beautiful storyline. You would figure it out. The book of Acts is, there, you know, remember the parable of the sower. Jesus said, some fell on the wayside and Satan comes immediately to steal it. Well, how can he be so fast? Oh, you can see people, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to read that. Or I've read the Bible, but you know they don't care about it. They, they just say that, say, I've read it and I've made up my mind, I don't believe it. Whatever. You know, but I mean, it's a beautiful timeline here and it's so, it's laid out so wonderful. And some people think the Bible is just a, a bunch of rules in there. No, no, there's really not. You got to go look at it and go see what the story's about. From beginning to end, it's a love story about how much God loved you and I, that he sent a savior. You can read the book of Revelations and it's not designed to scare the pants off of you. It's just designed to tell you as a Christian, you'll be happy about it. Even those who are going through tribulation, that love the Lord, and they're all through it. Because remember, there's an angel out there saying, don't take the mark of the beast. Well, why didn't the angel just say, well, you might as well, y'all are, are heading for the lake of fire. <laughs> you know, No, that angel's sitting there saying, don't take it, don't take it. And remember, Jesus is going to show up with all the saints too and be a thousand-year reign. So what's so scary? The only thing scary in the book of Revelation is people who don't want him. They're going... They're hollering for the mountains to fall on them and hide us from the face and from the wrath of the one who's coming. Well, that's not us. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. And they're so vicious that the Bible says even after all these plagues and revelation, they still wouldn't turn to the Lord. They don't want him. And that's what's going to happen back there at the end. But boy, we got a new heavens and new earth at the very tail end of that book. It's fantastic. Okay, now, uh, and it's going to lead us to... Uh, We'll see in the, book of, in the book of Daniel here in just a moment. Uh, Daniel is going to reference some things that are, the angel just says, hey, this is going to be a while before it gets here. Long time. But I want to bring this out. So historically, Daniel is during the time of Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, he's not even in Jerusalem. He's 200, 300 miles away and probably Baghdad, Babylon, wherever that is. Uh, and anyway... So, uh, but the, uh, uh, God had told them when they lost their kingdom, they're all hauled away. Some hauled away, probably all of them naked, didn't have any clothes, they're just chains, and well, they're all slaves. Okay, God had told them, Jeremiah had said it, because Jeremiah was there, Isaiah knew it too, okay, after 70 years, and that ain't a long time, after 70 years, you're going to come back, which is almost as amazing as when Moses, the Lord got Moses to get the children of Israel out of Egypt. Remember, Moses didn't want to go. I don't want to give any credit to Moses. Moses, just like you and I, we just, he just believed, okay? He trusted the Lord. 
But the way he started trusting the Lord was, look, send somebody else. <laughs> don't send me. So, because so, we don't want to make any of these Bible people, even Daniel here, such heroes that is, I can't attain to what they did. Yeah, you can. We can do everything any of these guys did. All right, so anyway, so uh, they were told 70 years, you're going to go back. Daniel knew that. He knew already what Jeremiah had said, probably actually spoke to him. Could have been. But anyway, but he knew. All the Jews knew. Okay. All right. So remember, that's where that verse in Jeremiah 33, uh, I have a plan in the future for you. Well, that's what was given because they were going to go right back. He said, just settle down with Nebuchadnezzar. Have a good time over there. In 70 years, you're going to come back. And some people didn't like that. They didn't like that verse. They didn't have it on their wall going, you know, I have a plan in the future for you. Because that was, that was like, we lost, we lost our town, our country. You know, who's that prophet to say that? He was right. In 70 years, you're going back. But some of those clowns, and it says so in Jeremiah 37, 38, whatever, 35, it's right, you can't miss it. Uh, they said, we're going to worship the mother sun god no matter what. Jeremiah said, well, you're doomed if you do. You better get back to the Lord. Man, they wanted to worship the sun. All right, so, uh, so go, let's go back to Daniel. And here we go. Today, we'll, we'll actually get to uh, uh, Daniel in the lion's den, which is almost, uh, when I grew up, the only two stories I knew about Daniel was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel in the lion's den. I remember seeing pictorial books that my mom had. I'd see lions. I'd see a guy that, oh, well, the lions were over on the right. <laughs> Daniel was over here you know, praying like this. <laughs> it was a beautiful picture, you know, whatever. I just believed it. And all through these years, you know, you get inundated saying this stuff never happened, but buddy, all this stuff happened. All right, here we go. So Daniel, uh, it, it, you, we covered chapter one, two, three, four, and five. Five put us through the handwriting on the wall, which was Nebuchadnezzar's son, and he passed away. And let's pick up the very last verse on that. I think, uh, uh, let's see, uh, that's Daniel chapter five. Excuse me. We, oh, actually, we, yeah, Daniel five, let's see. Uh, oh, there it was. Meeny, meeny, tico parsi. That's the words that was right, written on the wall. So verse 30 of the last chapter, chapter 5. That very night, Belshazzar, the Chaldean king, was killed. And Darius the Mede entered the city and began reigning at age 62. You know, I mean, I wouldn't put these details down if I just was drunk and wrote this or was just trying to create a Christian religion. Now, there's such thing as the Chaldeans. We know that. If you don't, you can go look it up. And you can also look up uh, Kingdom the Medes. Ooh, they were around at the same time the Chaldeans were. Then you can do a little investigating and see if there was ever a Darius the Mede and other kind of writings outside the Bible, and you'll find out it's true. So anyway, that very night, uh, Belshazzar, that's Nebuchadnezzar's son, he passed away. Okay, Darius took over. All right, this is, I mean, this, these were the world power at the time, and so they weren't like, monkeys in a tree or whatever. You just don't see that. Even from Adam, you can listen to people talk about the Stone Age. There never was. It's a biblical age. You can go back and look. Genesis chapter 1 is when it happened. Adam, not a monkey. Crazy to believe all that stuff. I just, I heard it all too. Always bothered me watching when I was in the 70s and I was just seventh and eighth grade and all of a sudden that stupid Planet of the Apes came out. That was, that was, that was hideous. I just couldn't even watch that. I was like, that was hideous. They had all the humans in a cage and all the monkeys were, it just didn't, it just didn't make sense. You know, another, another proof that it's, it's like missing link. Okay, so you have a skull 
of a monkey or an ape or whatever it is. Guess what? Only a human has a ridge, like I saw you fixing his glasses there. A monkey can't wear glasses. They just go, <laughs> they, they won't. They won't go, just fall off. But we have a ridge, you know. Anyway, all right, here we go. So let's keep going. So, so, the, so the Belshazzar passed away. Here we are, chapter six. Look at this. There's the governor. Remember, we're talking about Daniel, and there's Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego still around, but we won't hear much from him anymore. Darius divided the kingdom in 120 provinces, each under a governor. This is a, it's not a documentary to give to people so we can have a Christian religion. These are recorded records, okay? That's what makes our Bible so fantastic. The governors were accountable to three presidents. Daniel was one of them. Now think of the story of Joseph, coat of many colors. Remember, it looked like he lost all his family, but he wound up being second to Pharaoh. Nobody had as much authority except Pharaoh uh, when Joseph hit the scene there. Daniel was one of them. So the king could administer the kingdom. Oh, so the king could ad- administer the kingdom efficiently. Okay, makes sense. We delegate. Here we go. Daniel soon proved himself more capable than the other presidents. Wonder why that is. Well, you're only in chapter six. If you read chapter one, God gave them knowledge, skill, wisdom, and learning. I've used that in my prayers for my kids and other people all my life. Father, I pray you give them knowledge and skill, and all wisdom and learning, and they're ten times wiser than those not walking. I always say eternal life. You know, that doesn't say that, but, but it did say in Daniel chapter 1, they, they found Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego 10 times wiser. And you know this happening to you. If, you, if you're making an effort to love the Lord, you know, just, just making an effort. Man, Lord, I'm just going to live for you. You're going to be the smartest guy in the room. You're going to have answers. Remember, we just read a verse in here that said naughty problems, you know, K-N-O-T-T-Y. That was... Uh, <laughs> when the guy, the previous chapter, remember they saw the handwriting on the wall and, and the guy's mother said, quit worrying about this. Call Daniel. He can solve naughty problems. Praise God. All right, here we go. Sue proved himself more capable than all. You, you ca- you're drinking coffee over this, reading this. Just, just say, praise God. Just remember, Daniel's you. More capable than all the presidents and governors. Now, while I'm on that, I said, Daniel's you. Here's what happens sometimes in the Bible Belt. Oh, I wish I could be like Daniel. As though Daniel stumbled across something that we haven't. Don't do that. Daniel got everything from him. Remember, Daniel got exiled. He could have been playing. You got to give them credit. They probably were playing along just like their parents were. And then all of a sudden when they lost it all, they're going, Oh no, Jeremiah was right. Lord, we need to repent. You know, whatever. We, we have some special thing we think Daniel was, was chosen because of. Mm-mm. Remember, Daniel 1, God gave that to him. Why would he not give you something? He'd do the same thing for you. All right, so here we go. He soon proved himself more capable than all the other presidents, governors, for he had great ability. And the king began, <laughs> oh no, you can see. Remember, this is Daniel and the lion's den. You'll see it coming. The king began to think of placing him over the entire empire as his administrative official. Uh-oh, it's going to make some people mad. Here we go. Four, this made the other presidents and governors very jealous, and they began searching. What did they search for? For some way, some fault in any way, Daniel was handing, ha- handling his affairs so that they could complain to the king about him. Now, I'm reading from the Living Bible. It cuts through the chase. If you go back and read this same story in your King James Version or your American Standard or Amplified, you'll see the same thing. We're not missing a thing here. Daniel handled his affairs so that they could complain. Well, they were trying to find a way to get him. All right. They couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful and honest and made no mistakes. Some people jump on that and go, see there, but see, that's not you. 
Uh, would you please hush? These were political enemies. They just couldn't find anything against him. They said, well, I guess I can't be like Daniel. And me as a Christian, I'm reading as well. That's got me. I, I've blown it. I've made some mistakes. Oh, we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. Anyway, so they concluded, our only chance, look at that, is his religion. And you know, to be politically correct, Daniel should have not done this because it offended. You know, he should have just went ahead and just said, okay, I'm not going to pray anymore. Let's don't offend anybody. We get some of that at where we live. They don't pray over your dinner or whatever. Don't do this. You might offend somebody who's, man, I'm going to pray. So they concluded, our only chance is his religion. They decided to go to the king and say, King Darius, live forever. Okay, so you can tell they're, they're just making up stuff. We presidents, governors, counselors, and deputies, look what they did, have unanimously decided that you should make a law irrevocable under any circumstances. For the next 30 days, look at that, it's just a little time frame. Anyone who asks a favor of God or a man except from you, your majesty, shall be thrown to the lions. And your majesty, we request your signature on this law and sign it so it cannot be canceled or changed. It will be the law of the Medes and Persians that cannot be revoked. Because that's the two kingdoms that were, were operating right now, kings and Persians. But I, I want to pull back here to say, well, wait a minute. Who the heck would be asking a favor of God? Well, we don't believe God does anything anyway. Remember, all things are possible. I flipped on my, waiting on whatever, had my ear thing in my ear, and I was waiting for my hamburgers, whatever, the, the, the breakfast stuff and the Krispy Kreme, and I was listening to a praise song about uh, all things are possible. God, just go all over you. All things are possible. And I remember when Jesus fired back at that guy that had the demon-possessed son. Well, if you can do anything, have mercy. And Jesus said, if you can believe, you know, it, you've got to believe, you know. Here we go. Your majesty will request your signature on this law. Sign it so that it cannot be changed for the Medes and the Persians. Well, old Darius thought it was a good idea. Look at this. So King Darius signed the law. But though Daniel knew about it, he went home. He knelt down as usual in his upstairs room. Yeah. We got to obey the laws of the land. Now, you better read your Bible. They make a law saying burn your Bible. I think I'd be saying I ain't burning my Bible. We're going to have a fight. We'll just have it out. So he kept at it. He opened the window toward Jerusalem and prayed three times a day. Now, let's hold up a second here. Daniel's how far from King David, time-wise? And who was after David? David Solomon. Remember Solomon's, he wrote down, he had, that, he had that meeting, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. You know? And he also, in that prayer too, he went on and says, if we lose our nation, because it happened, and we get scattered out everywhere, Daniel knew this. He said, if they turn, any of our Jews, if we turn toward this temple and pray. Solomon's praying this prayer. He's saying, hey, Lord, do this for us. So if we ever lose our backside and we're in something. But if we ever get lost and we're out there and we turn toward Jerusalem and toward this holy temple. And we pray and ask for your help. Answer their prayers. Daniel knew that. And as you read your Bible, you would have known it too. Oh, he's just acting like what Solomon said. So he prayed three times as he did, just as always, giving thanks to his God. Then the men thronged to Daniel's house and found him praying there. See, they knew it. They weren't like, hey, let's go check and see. Man, they, they, they had him pegged. They knew when he was doing it. And they found him, look at that, praying there, asking favors for his God. You know what? We better be doing that. 
Just like we prayed for Stanley this morning. We're not going to sit on the sidelines and go, well, whatever the Lord wants us to have, he knows best. Oh, please. No wonder when I grew up, people were running after the horoscope and black magic and whatever else. Or you say the drugs too, you know. Hey, take this. You'll forget your problems. All right, I'll take it. Because you couldn't deal with your problems anyway. And some people, well, the other, other way they dealt with it was just blow their brains out. Commit suicide. Asking favors of his God. Praise God. Man, that's us. They rushed back to the king, reminded him of his law. Hey, haven't you signed a decree, they demanded, that permits no petition to any God or man except you for 30 days? Again, I want to point out it's petition. Let's make our, let's pray. Anyone disobeying be thrown to the lions. Well, boy, King Darius. Now, you got to remember, think a minute. We just read five verses above this. Does the king even know who Daniel is? Of course, he wants him to be his second in command. But he, he got wound up in this trap. Uh, yeah, the king said, remember his name's Darius. It's the law of the Medes and Persians, Darius said, and it cannot be revoked. He didn't know what happened. Look at this. Then they told the king, that fellow Daniel, one of the Jewish captives, see how they're bringing back the history, what happened, is paying no attention to your law. He's asking favors. This is the third time we've seen what prayer is. Asking favors of his God three times a day. Now notice this. The king was very angry. No, he was angry with himself. Darius knew about the Lord. And you know Darius is, is angry with these other guys too. He knew it was all jealousy. Hearing this, the king was very angry with himself for signing the law and determined to save Daniel. Look at that. Praise God. Somebody in high government is trying to save you. Look at that. He spent the night, he spent the rest of the night trying to think of a way to get Daniel out of this predicament. Praise God. Isn't it? <laughs> That's part of a praise report right there. All right, here we go. In the evening, the men came to the king and said, Your Majesty, there's nothing you can do. Oh, boy, wouldn't you like to get rid of these guys? You signed the law. It cannot be changed. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel's arrest, and he was taken to the lion's den, almost like Pilate. Pilate said, I find no fault with this guy. Tried to get him free. Anyway, so he gave the order. Daniel's arrest, taken to the lion's den. Now watch what happens here. Should we expect Jesus to help us? Yes, watch this. The king said to him, May your God, whom you worship, continue, if it be thy will. No, deliver you. May your God deliver you. And you know, that's, that's a, that's the, the way that's mentioned is the same way we read a blessing. It's almost like, hey, if I was signing off, hey, everybody, thanks for coming today. Y'all have a what? Have a good day. What, do I have the... Some sort of power to create you to have a good day? It's, it's called a blessing. That's what that is. We've thrown it out the window thinking it doesn't do anything. Your words are so powerful. Just say, I bless you in the name of Jesus. Anyway, here we go. May your God whom you serve, uh, may your God whom you worship continually deliver you. Well, I don't know. See, Daniel could have said, well, I'm Southern Baptist, and we don't want to get in God. God it may be my time to go home. You know, as I grew up, I'm 62, and I've always been thinking about these things, whatever. I, and I, I was always thinking, what am I going to tell some of my other friends that, whatever. And, and one of the best things I've ever said is I said, look, we see this in the Scriptures. Where I'm just at least going to try. I'm going to try it. I'm going to act like the Bible. So we're going to do it. Here we go. And then they threw him in. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. As you remember the story, the king sealed it with his own signet ring and that, and that of his government. Boy, he had to put a seal on it. Okay. All right. 
so that no one could rescue Daniel from the lions. Here we go. I'm doing easy because I don't want to give it all away. You already know the story, but let's see. Then the king returned to his palace. Remember that he couldn't sleep. And he went to bed without dinner. Man, he really loved Daniel. Refused his usual entertainment. Yeah, he didn't want to watch Amazon that night, whatever. And didn't sleep at all. Early the next morning, he hurried to the lion's den and called out in anguish. Look what he says. Oh, Daniel, servant. Look what he says of the living God. Was your God, whom you worship continually, able to deliver you from the lions? Now, he didn't hear nothing. It's over with. But as you can read here, then he heard a voice. Your majesty, live forever. Oh, God. Whoa. Remember, this was double jeopardy. Boy, I mean, he got him out. He said, well, we got to leave you in there till you get eaten. No, he could get out. It was Daniel. He said, my God has sent his angel to shut the lion's mouth so that they can't touch me, for I am innocent before God, nor, sir, have I wronged you. Now, some people say, well, yeah, it's because, you know, he never, he was always in church. He never, no, pfft. he's referencing what these idiots did to him. And if you'll notice your unbelief, it's anything to uh, keep you from saying, I'm Daniel. Well, he's not going to keep me from a car wreck because, you know, I mean, God knows me. And, oh, hush that stuff. Praise God. You're protected. God loves you. We're going to find out in the next. Remember, you're Daniel. Here we go. The king was beside himself with joy and ordered Daniel lifted from the den. And not a, not a scratch, kind of like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Didn't even smell like smoke. No singe marks. Not a scratch was on him. Look at that. Because, can we get this? I think we do. Because he believed in his God. Where do you get that from? Well, look what he just said. Majesty lived forever. God sent his angel. You know, Daniel wasn't going, by golly, this stuff does work. <laughs> Anyway, then the king, uh-oh, he issued a command. And we're just, this is history. Quit worrying about PETA and cruelty to, cruelty to animals, except it's going to be cruelty to these clowns' families. This, this king, yeah. man, he was king. The king issued a command to bring the men who had accused Daniel and thrown and throw them in the lion's den along with their children and their wives. The lions leaped upon them and tore them apart even before they hit the bottom of the den. <laughs> I remember that story. But that's all right. Those guys wanted Daniel dead. It wound up coming back and get them. Now, remember, there's another story. Uh, I believe it's Esther. Remember that? And remember, Haman wanted to kill. Oh, we always have trouble remembering. Mordecai wanted to kill Mordecai. But when Mordecai's wife found out, oh, if he's a Jew, you, you may as well forget it because <laughs> you're not going to be able to stop it. What a verse. God's going to always get you out. Oh, my goodness. Even Mordecai told Esther when she said, look, look, it was his niece. He said, look, niece, you're going to go before the king and make a request to have your people saved. And he says, who says that you weren't brought at such a time as this? And then he added to it. And if you don't do it, God's going to use some other means. Oh, that was a great verse. God didn't give up. It's just like Darius was looking all night long trying to find a way to get out. God's going to either use you, Esther, if you'll go in there, or God's going to use somebody else. Esther, man, she said, oh, <laughs> that was funny. Esther, remember what she said? Okay, tell everybody to pray. I'm going in there, and if I perish, I perish. <laughs> you know, she had made up her mind. I'm going. Boy, but when she hit the scene, she walked in there. That king, uh, Hasteris, he raised up his scepter. 
What do you want, darling? Oh, man. Well, this one old guy was going to kill her with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. All right, so the lions leaped up and tore him up. After Darius, look at this, afterward, the same thing Nebuchadnezzar did. <laughs> when Shadrach, Meshach, and Bendigo, I'm going to write a decree. He wrote a message addressed to everyone in his empire, all three of them. 120 provinces, and they had four governors or whatever, three, uh, whatever, it was huge. Greetings, you can go back and look, Medes and Persians, and see how far their kingdoms were. We'll put it this way, the Roman Empire took it all over later. Well, the Greeks took it over later. Then the Romans took that over later. You think the Roman Empire was just a little small thing? No. Uh-uh. Greetings. I decree that everyone shall tremble and fear before the... Like, what do you like this? The God of Laura, the God of Phil, God of Paula, God of Janet, God of Richard. In every part of my kingdom, for his God, look at this great stuff, is the living, unchanging God whose kingdom shall never be destroyed and whose power shall never end. He got that from all he'd learned from Nebuchadnezzar, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's story, Nebuchadnezzar's story about becoming a cow. He lost his mind, but he got his mind back. And then the tinky tink or whatever, tinky parcel, what was the other word? Whatever, whatever it is. Oh, handwriting on the wall. He, yeah, we know what it is. Uh, his, he, look at that. Look, why don't he just say he... Uh, he's the God when they go to church and they learn to be better people. No, he delivers his people. Look at that verse, preserving them from harm. Now you got to remember, he's like an outsider, but this is what he gets. And that's what every person outside of being a Christian should think about you and I. Richard's God, he gets him out of trouble. Of course, I hear it. Richard, you're so lucky. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I know, praise God. But let me tell you about that luck. All right. Uh, where did we get to? Yeah. He delivers his people, preserving them from harm. Remember, this has got nothing to do with heaven. He, look at this. He does. He, he could have had a great time to say, you know what? It's been years and years and years, and, he, and God finally did another. No. He does great miracles. Look at that. In heaven and earth. And it is he, here we go, who delivered Daniel <laughs> from the power of the lions. So Daniel, look at that, it prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. So he, he made it through however many presidents here. Now, before we go to chapter 7, let's just double check something here. Somebody wrote this book of Hebrews, oh, and big long list of people in the Bible. This is how you, you check some balances and you can say, oh, it's chronological, these people's names and stuff. Here, they're picking up with Abraham here, and it's going to go down through the list. And, of course, you'll see, we'll see something that's referring to Daniel here. Let's, I want to go to that. Uh, there's, there's uh, whatever it is. There's David, Samuel. Look, he said, verse 33, they all trusted God. They won battles, overthrew kingdoms. There it is. Look at that. They were kept from harm, verse 33, from harm in a den of lions. <laughs> Man. Remember, one of David's mighty men fell in a pit. And there was a talk on lion in there. And man, I tell you what, Jay, whatever his name is, he tore that lion to pieces. It wasn't David. It was one of David's men. He took care of it. He got rid of that stupid lion. All right, here we go. Back to Daniel. We were at Daniel chapter 6, but we're going to jump now. We're done. We finished that chapter. Let's do 7. Oh, here we go. One night, during the first year of Belshazzar's reign over the Babylonian Empire. Now, this actually happened. Belshazzar was the one who just passed away. 
Uh, but anyway, but one night, Daniel had a dream and he wrote it down. This is a description of what he saw. Well, let's see. In my dream, I saw a great storm. Uh, I was looking for something here. Okay, it's not there yet. I saw a great storm on a mighty ocean with strong winds blowing in every direction. Kind of like Hurricane Ian or whatever, okay? Then four huge animals came out of the water, each with different, each different from another. The first was like a lion, had eagle's wings. Sounds familiar! Book of Revelation. Yep. Also Ezekiel. And I watched its wings were pulled so that it could no longer fly, and it was left standing on the ground uh, on two feet like a man, and a man's mind was given to it. The second animal looked like a bear with its paw raised, ready to strike. It held three ribs between its teeth. Okay, it's been chewing on something. Okay. Uh, and I heard a voice saying, Get up, devour my people. The third of these angels, uh, excuse me, the third of these... The third of these strange animals looked like a leopard, but on its back it had wings like those of a bird. It had four heads. A great, great power was given to it over all mankind. And then I watched in my dream a fourth animal uh, rose up out of the ocean, too dreadful to describe. Now some people read this and they'll go, "Oh, I just, oh, I just no, keep reading. You'll get it. You'll get it." Why would you want to take this book, what you've read, and go try to figure out what it is? Oh, oh somebody's going to tell you. But you need to get the story first. Here we go. It devoured some of its victims by tearing them apart with its huge teeth and others it crushed beneath its feet. It was far too brutal and vicious than any of the other animals. It, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another horn appeared. So there was ten horns on this thing. All of a sudden, another one come up. All right. Uh, what did it say? And the three of the first ones were yanked out, roots and all, to give it room. This little horn had a man's eyes and a bragging mouth. I watched as the thrones were put in place and the Ancient of Days, now who's that? That's our God, it says so, the Almighty God, sat down to judge. His clothing was white as snow, yeah, his hair white as wool. That didn't mean he was an old man on earth. <laughs> Jesus is young. That's the curse, that's whatever. Anyway, he sat up on a fiery throne, brought in on flaming wheels. Hmm, wheel within a wheel, same thing we saw in the book of Ezekiel. And a river of fire flowed before him. Wow, millions of angels ministered to him and hundreds of millions of people. Well, there ain't going to be but three of us in heaven. We're going, we're going, we're going. Stood before him, waiting to be judged. Here we go. Well, of course, this is judgment. Here we go. There's still millions up there. Here we go. So, looks like the great white throne judgment. And the court began its session and the books were opened. What books? Well, our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. As I watched, a brutal fourth animal was killed and its body handed over to be burned because of his arrogance against Almighty God and the boasting of his little horn. Wow, it's got to be the Antichrist. Well, I really don't care. Does it matter? We just know what happened. I mean, our God reigns no matter what. As for the other three animals, their kingdoms were taken from them and they were allowed to live a short time longer. Let's read, if you read your Bible, I mean, you, you read the book of Revelation, that uh, time of trouble is seven years, very short. Jesus even mentioned that if those days weren't shortened, no, no flesh would survive. Next, I saw the arrival of a man, or he seemed to be, brought there on clouds from heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was presented to him. He was given the ruling power and glory over all the nations of the world so that all the people of every language must obey him. His power is eternal, all right? It'll never end. Uh, his government shall never fall. All right. I was confused and disturbed by all I had seen. Kind of like us, Daniel wrote. 
So I approached one of those standing by the throne and asked him the meaning of all these things. And he, notice what it said, explain them to me. So who needs any help so far? Why would we? He just asked for help. These four huge animals, he said, represent four kings who will someday. Now remember, where are we at? We're probably, well, we already know. We're at 500 BC, 500 years before Jesus. Uh, They're going to someday rule. But in the end of the people, no, excuse me. But in the end, the people of the Most High God shall rule the governments of the world forever and ever. Thank God. We know that. (laughs) And then I asked about the fourth animal, the one so brutal and shocking with iron teeth and brass claws that tore men apart and stamped to death the others. Well, we can figure this out based on what we've already know in the book of Revelation. All right. Uh, I asked, too, about the ten horns and that little horn that came up afterward and destroyed the three others, the horn with the eyes and the loud bragging mouth and the one that was stronger than the others. For I had seen this horn. Notice what he's doing. He's warring against God's people and winning. Yeah, that same thing's happening in the book of Revelation until Jesus stops him. Until, here we go, the Ancient of Days came and opened his court and vindicated his people, uh, uh, giving them worldwide power, powers of government. The fourth animal, he told me, is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It'll be more more brutal than the other. Hmm. All right. And it'll devour the whole world, destroying everything in it. His, tens horn, his ten horns are ten kings that will rise uh, out of his power. Then another king will rise more brutal than the other ten and destroy three of them. He will defy the Most High, so he's not one of our guys. Okay. And wear down the saints with persecution, things we see in the book of Revelation. And he will try to change all laws, morals, and customs. God's people will be helpless in his hands for, ah, where have we heard some of that before? Remember three and a half? These are mentioned half of the three and a half and another half, seven years total in the book of Revelation. Anyway, but notice this. But then the Ancient of Days will come, open his court of justice, take all powers from this vicious king to consume and destroy it until the end. Then all nations under heaven, their power will be given to the people of God. Here we go. We're good. And they'll rule all things forever. All rulers shall serve and obey him. Wow. All right. That was the end of the dream. And I woke up. I was, <laughs> I was greatly disturbed. My face was pale with fright, but I told no one what I had seen. Now, let's don't stop there because he doesn't he didn't stop either. Oh, he's, he's writing these things. That in the third year of this same king, he said, man, I had another dream similar to that one. This time I was at Susa the capital and province of Elam, standing beside the... These are real places. I just, I just don't know where they are. Uh, we could look them up. It's going to be up there uh, in the Middle East somewhere. As I was looking around, I saw a ram with two long horns standing on the riverbank. And as I watched, one of, these, one of these horns began to grow so that it was longer than the other. The ram butted everything out of its way, and no one could stand against it or help its victims. Uh, it did as it pleased and became very great. While I was wondering what that could mean, suddenly... A buck goat appeared from the west so swiftly that it didn't even touch the ground. The goat, which had one very large horn between its eyes, rushed furiously at the two-horned ram. The closer he came, the angrier he was. He charged the ram and broke off both his horns. Now the ram was helpless, and the buck goat knocked him down. Remember, he's just seeing this. Trampled him, for there was no one to rescue. The victor became proud and powerful. But suddenly, at the height of his power... His horn was broken, and in its place grew four good-sized horns pointing in, the fourth, uh, pointing in four directions. One of these, growing slowly at first, soon became very strong, attacked the south, and warred against the land of Israel. Yeah, I'm familiar with this. 
So whatever these things are, it's going to be some wars taking place. Remember, Jesus said not one stone is going to be on top of another. And then within 70 years after Jesus died, resurrected, you say, Romans wiped that place out. Anyway, he fought against the people of God, defeated some of their leaders. He even challenged the commanders of the armies of heaven by canceling the daily sacrifices. Look at that. Offering himself uh, and by defiling his temple. Now remember... Jesus mentioned, uh, when you see that in the Holy of Holies, you know, the, he says, let the reader understand. Well, the reader has got to have read this. All right, here we go. Defiling his temple, the army of heaven was restrained from destroying him for this transgression. Now think about that. See, the armies of heavens are, no matter what's going on down here, it's not shaking heaven. Anyway, as a result, truth and righteousness perished, even evil triumphed. And prospered. Well, we know this is signs of the times, things going on even today, and even at the end, this is this is some of the same things mentioned here. Then I heard two holy angels talking to each other. One of them said, How long will it be until the daily sacrifice is restored? And how long until the destruction of the temple is avenged and God's people triumph? Same questions we see some people ask that in the book of Revelation. The other one replied, 23, uh, 2300 days must go by first. Let's see what that note is right there. Uh, literally 2,300 mornings and evenings. Okay. Uh, I was trying to understand the meaning of the vision, kind of like us. Wait a minute. What, what does all this mean? Suddenly a man standing in front of me, or at least he looked like a man, and I heard a man's voice calling from across the river, uh, Gabriel, tell Daniel the meaning of his dream. I've heard Gabriel before. Yeah, he was the one mentioned in uh, uh, Luke uh, that came to for John the Baptist's dad. And for Mary, you're going to have a son. So Gabriel started toward me. These are the only two places you see Gabriel mentioned. Uh, Michael's mentioned in the book of Jude there, and uh, he's going to be mentioned here. It's the only places we have the names of these guys. Gabriel started toward me, but as he approached, I was too frightened <laughs> to stand, and I fell with my face to the ground. Son of man, he said, you must understand that the events you have seen in your vision will not take place until the end times come. So now you know. Okay, this stuff is going to be way down the pipe. All right. It's interesting to note that that Gabriel, you know, it's not like, well, he was just some sort of beautiful woman angel, you know, looked hot or something. Well, if she looked hot and whatever or all that kind of stuff or just maybe she was just the most beautiful angel. Ah, angels are, they're awesome beings. And typically they're all mentioned as men, whatever. All right, here we go. Then I fainted lying downward on the ground, but he, he roused me with a touch and helped me to my feet. I'm here, he said, to tell you what's going to happen in the days, in the last days of the coming time of terror for what you have seen pertains to that final event in history. He didn't say it's going to happen. No, this is the final events in history. And we have a whole book dedicated to that in the book of Revelation. And these things are very uh, similar to what he mentioned. Because they're the same thing. The two horns you... Oh, here we go. Look at this. Well, I need to go Google this. No, you don't. Just keep reading. The two horns of the ram you saw are the kings. Here they are. Well, wait a minute. This is, this is still a secret. <laughs> no, it's not. It's the Medes and the Persians. Remember, there were four kingdoms about this time. I want to say, well, the Babylonians, and then the Assyrians, and then the Medes and the Persians, and it's going to be the Greeks and the Romans. Some of these are combined, but even my own history, whatever, regular history, world history, shall you say, you, 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 can, you can see that. All right, the two rams you saw were Media and Persia. 
The shaggy-haired goat uh, is the nation eagle, the nation of Greece. And its long horn represents the first great king of that country. When you saw the horn break off and the four smaller horns replace it, that meant the Greek, the Grecian Empire will break off into four sections. It's leading up to the Roman Empire right here. Yeah. And none of them uh, great as the first. Toward the end of their kingdoms, when they have become morally rotten, an angry king will rise to, with uh, power and great shrewd, shrewdness and intelligence. His power shall be uh, mighty, but will be satanic strength and not his own. Prospering wherever he turns, he will destroy all who oppose him, though their armies be mighty, and he will devastate God's people. Remember when the time Jesus was here, the Jews weren't, they weren't in charge. Remember one of Jesus' disciples, I forgot what his name is, I think it's, it's, there was a couple of Judases. It's not the Judas that betrayed him, but one of them was part of a, a political party that was trying to overthrow the Roman government. Anyway. He'll be a master of deception, defeating many, catching them off guard as they bask in false security. Without warning, he'll destroy them. So they're, so he will, so so great, he will fancy himself that he will be, uh, excuse me, that he will even take on the prince of princes in battle. But in doing so, he'll seem he'll seal his own doom, for he'll be broken by the hand of God, though no human means can overpower him. That obviously sounds to me like that's uh, that's that's at the final time there. Okay, here we go. And then in your vision, you heard about 2,300 days to pass before the rites of worship are restored. This number is literal. means just that. But none of these things will happen for a long time. Remember, at this time frame, it's 500 B.C. It's 529 B.C., they actually say, before Jesus. So don't tell him about it yet. Then I grew faint and was sick for several days. Afterward, I was up uh, and around again and performed my uh, uh, duties. Oh, uh, let's see. For the king, but I was greatly distressed by the dream. I did not understand it. No kidding. No kidding. Oh, we'll, we'll stop right here. Watch this. Let's. And that was the first year of the reign of King Darius, the son of Ahasuerus. Darius was a Mede, but he became king of the Chaldeans. In that first year of his reign, I, Daniel, learned from the book of, like I said, Jeremiah. What could possibly be in there? Watch this. That Jerusalem must lie desolate for 70 years. So I earnestly pleaded with the Lord God to end our captivity. Go, David. See, it had been about 70 years. He said, hey, take us back. And they did. That's where your book of Nehemiah and Ezra come from, right before the book of Psalms. And send us back to our own land. As a matter of fact, Daniel's name is written in the first part of it. It's either Ezra or Nehemiah. They have a list of all the people that came back. Daniel. Anyway, I prayed and fasted and I wore rough sackcloth and sprinkle myself with ashes and confess my sins. Oh, he never blew it. We've all blown it. Here we go. And those are my people. Oh, Lord, I pray. You're a great and awesome God. You always fulfill your promises of mercy to those who love you and keep your laws. Now, I want you to see this. Just there's a couple of cool things we want to see here. But we've sinned so much. We've refused to listen to your servants, the prophets, whom you sent again and again down through the years, your messages to our people, I mean, to our kings and princes and all the people. Now, he's talking about... Hey, Daniel's just praying for right now. Remember, he's going, God, I scratched my head about some of that stuff I saw. Well, it's way downrange, but at least we got it. And it matches what we see in the book of Revelation. Oh, Lord, you're righteous, but as for us, we're so shamefaced with sin, just as you see us now. Yes, all of us, the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, and all Israel scattered near and far wherever you have driven us because of our disloyalty to you. Yeah, remember, they're not in Jerusalem. They are scattered hundreds of miles away. Oh, Lord, we and our kings and princes' fathers are weighed down with shame because of all of our sins. Notice what he's going to do. He's going to, 
he, anyway, but the Lord our God is merciful. You know, I tell you, some Christians, even in the Bible Belt, we do not get this. You got to get it. Your sins are as far as the east is from the west. Yeah, but I got, no, you just, I've been divorced. Ah, oh, please, only you. Yeah, but the divorce rate's higher now. You're falling for all this stuff. As long as there's people, there's a divorce rate. Amazing. Anyway, but the Lord, our God, is merciful and pardons even those who have rebelled against him. Jump back. Really? Yeah. Oh, Lord, our God, we've disobeyed you. We have flouted all the laws you gave us through your servants, the prophets. Man, he, he, I'd have stopped my prayers by now going, well, hey, you've said enough. We ain't going to get nowhere anyway. Daniel thinks he is. All Israel has disobeyed. We've turned away from you. We haven't even listened to your voice. And so the awesome curse, curse of God has crushed us. Yes, just like Moses said, Deuteronomy 28, the curse written there. He goes, the curse there, just like I said, the curse written in the law of Moses. And you've done exactly what's going to happen to us. You warned us. For never in all history has there been a disaster like what happened at Jerusalem to us and the rulers. See, this is just like creation. On the first day, let there be light. Boom, second day, you know, waters above, waters beneath. Third day, oceans, you know, seas. And the fourth day, sun, moon, stars. It was so awesome. And then when they got out of Egypt, it was so awesome. That's what's fixing to happen here. That's the reason it's so important that we keep reading our Bibles so we remember this. Instead of like, why Daniel, 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 uh, uh, Daniel and Lion's Den, yeah. Shadrach, Meshach, there's more to it. They're going back to the Holy Land. That's something I didn't get at the Baptist Church. We never had a Sunday school lesson on this. Boy, we sure needed it too. Every curse written in the law, it comes true. The evils he predicted, all have come. But even so, we still refuse to satisfy the Lord our God by turning from our sins and doing right. So, man, we've blown it. We've still blown it. All right. And so the Lord deliberately crushed us with his calamity he prepared. He's fair, does everything and everything he does, but, but we would not obey. Oh, Lord, our God, here's his request. You brought lasting honor to your name by... Look at that. He even says what I just said. <laughs> you brought honor to your name by removing your people from Egypt in a great display of power. And man, the world today will not admit there were 10 plagues. Well, the Jews, uh, they didn't... It was shallow water where they crossed. On and on it goes. I like to just jump to the punch and say, well, do you believe Jesus rose from the dead? Uh, <laughs> if you're dead, you're dead. They're not even in the game. He did, too. Look what he did. Look at that. Lord, do it again. Well, now, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. We're, Daniel, he just named himself among all the sinners. And as I said, some people would just quit at that point and walk away. Eh, he ain't going to help me. Oh, Daniel, you should have faith too. Anyway, though we have sinned so much and are full of wickedness. Boy, there's so much good stuff here. Yet because of all your faithful mercies, Lord, please turn away your furious anger from Jerusalem and your own city, your holy mountain. Now, I, I, I'm so excited about what the See, God's fixing to talk to him. And I want you to see what, is, what he says. <sighs> for the heathen mock at you because your city, yeah, lies in ruins for our sins. Oh, God, hear your servant's prayer. Boy, you know, I, tell, I hope that's the way we expect the Lord. You just tell him, say, Lord, hear, hear me. I lost my car keys. 
<laughs> hear me, Lord, in Jesus' name. Still like, well, I just hope, maybe I just need to, God's teaching me to what? Slow down. Mercy. Hear your servant's prayer. Look at this. Listen as I plead. Let your face shine with joy and peace. Peace and joy upon your desolate sanctuary for your own glory, Lord. Oh, my God. Bend down your ear. Listen to my plea. Open your eyes and see our wretchedness and how your city lies in ruins, which is 700 miles away or whatever. For everyone knows it's yours. We don't ask because we merit help. Look at that. But because you are so merciful. Boy, that's a good way to put it. Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Lord, listen to me. Boy, he's just hammering him, isn't he? Listen to me. Listen to me. Okay. Look at that. Don't delay. Well, we don't want to do that. Yes, you should. For your own sake, oh, my God, because your people and your city bear your name. Look at this. Even while I was praying and confessing my sins, uh-oh, of my people desperately pleading with the Lord my God from Jerusalem, his holy mountain, Gabriel, boom. Whom I had seen in the earlier vision swiftly flew. This time it's not a vision. He flew to me. Whoa. You've been calling me? <laughs> I am here to help you understand God's plans. Man, that's enough said. Just ask God. He'll help you with anything you don't understand. The moment you began praying, look at this. This is so good. The moment, and we've watched him going, because I've been preaching it, and I took a little time through here, but you know that prayer wouldn't have lasted five minutes. The moment you began praying, look at that, a command was given. Can we not assume that this is what happens for us? We should. Mark eleven twenty four. what things serve you desire when you pray? Believe you receive them and you shall have them. I always tell myself, especially when I've lost something. <laughs> I'm like, well, because that unbelief, I, you ain't never going to find that thing. Richard, you lost it. And I'm like, no, I believe I receive. I believe I receive. Here we go. Look what he says. The moment you began praying, a command, we're almost done. See, just, it's almost done. All right. The moment you began praying, a command was given, and I am here to tell you what it was. Look at that. For God loves you very much. Who oh, was just Daniel. No, that's just you and me. Listen, and matter of fact, Daniel was arguing for, his, his prayer was for the whole nation. Listen and try to understand the meaning of the vision that you saw. The Lord commanded 490 years of further punishment upon Judah, Jerusalem, okay, uh, and your people. Then at last, they will learn to stay away from sin, their guilt will be cleansed, and the kingdom of everlasting righteousness will begin, and the most holy place in the temple will be rededicated. Now, I scrolled down, but it said 490 years. What was our time frame right here? Daniel and the lion's den, 500 years before Jesus. Man, we are so on target here because this has to be Jesus. Their guilt was cleansed. Jesus died on the cross. Remember, he said, I'm not going to drink this until, until the kingdom again. I will not have more wine until the kingdom. Well, that happened three days later. Anyway, now listen. It'll be 49 years plus 434 from the time this command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one comes. There you go. Jerusalem streets and walls will be rebuilt despite the perilous times. Yeah. After this period of 430 years, the anointed one... Now, doesn't this get kind of creepy that this is so accurate? The anointed one will be killed? Yeah. That's the reason we just don't have time. We should, but 
there's not time for us to be scholars in this or read this like we should because the devil doesn't want us reading the Bible. If you were just scratching your head trying to figure out if the Bible was so or not and you found out that the book of Daniel was real and you already heard that Jesus and when he was here, you got that time because the calendar right now is in the year of our Lord, 2000, what is it, 2022, what are we in, uh, October, whatever today is. That's historical. Something happened with a man named Jesus. We know he was crucified. Everybody's got a cross. And it said here 500 years before, I mean, how do you say something and then it happened later? It's called prophecy in the Bible. Anyway, the anointed one will be killed, his kingdom still unrealized, and a king will arise whose armies will destroy the city and temple. They will be overwhelmed with, what does it say? Uh, with a flood and war and its miseries. Yeah. Uh, are decreed from that time to the very end. This king will make seven-year treaty with the people, but after half that time, he will break his pledge. Now, he's obviously talking about what we know say Antichrist. And their sacrifices and their offerings, then as, a, then as a climax to all his terrible deeds, the enemy shall utterly defile the sanctuary of God. But in God's time and plan, his judgment will be poured out upon this evil one. Anyway, we've we got to stop, but we'll pick up where we left off here, right here. Uh, the 10th chapter, uh, he has another vision. So actually, and it actually, watch this. We're not going to do it, but I'm going to show you the chapters. I think there's only one more. No, three more. Yeah, that's it. And you got Hosea. Yeah. So Daniel goes, Daniel chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and then in chapters 7, 8, 9 here to the end are just these, these, these visions that he saw. Praise God. Anyway, Father, we just thank you for your word today. We thank you that, praise God, you help us even when we're sick and we're not feeling good. So we ask you to help us now. And Lord, if it's finances we need, Lord, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. And if it's some other major problem, no matter what it is, praise God, you're the awesome God, as King Darius said. And do all these wonderful miracles. You'll get us out of trouble. And that doesn't leave anything left but, left, but for us to write these things down ourselves in our heart and we'll tell others what you've done for us as we tell them about Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. What time I went Yeah. You didn't go to Yeah. I didn't have to find your one. Yeah. I didn't sleep last night. I don't know where you're at. I got to quit going. Oh, man.